This week's podcast proudly brought to you by Kent Cartridge. See, I made the mistake of buying the cheapest shot shells I could find when I first started duck hunting, and I would literally I'd watch feathers fly off of birds as they gave me a middle finger and flew off unscathed. That's when I switched over to Kent, and I was bartending and waiting tables at the time in college, and money was tight, but Kent offered me a great product at a fair price, and I've never looked back. Of course, now we have uh, Fast Steel 2.0. They just released Fast Steel Plus for this upcoming season, and with Dove season on the horizon, we've got Steel Dove, and then Teal Steel for early teal season. Whatever your shotgunning needs are for this fall, Kent has you covered. You can find all of their products at Kent Cartridge. Com. This week's show brought to you by Ducks Unlimited, an organization that I've been plugged into for, gosh, over 15 years now. From the Alaskan wilderness to the Atlantic Flyway, across America's Great Plains, and down the Mississippi Delta, Ducks Unlimited has been leading the way in wetlands conservation since 1937. The DU family has ensured the protection of over 16 million acres of waterfowl habitat. Think about that. So, come join us. You too can carry on DU's conservation legacy. Visit ducks.org to find your local event and join our volunteer team, Ducks Unlimited, the world's leader in wetlands conservation. Go and set the mood right. Hang that crescent moon like mistletoe in July. Line up all the stars. I'm only gonna ask you this one time. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Cable Smith welcoming everybody into SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show presented by Mossberg Firearms. This is episode 701. Thank you for being here. It is a pleasure, a treat, an honor to be here talking hunting, fishing, the great outdoors, and all that implies with you fine folks. So thanks for dropping by. It truly is the best time of the year. Deer season is open just about everywhere. Uh, Texas had its rifle, its general gun season open up last weekend, and duck season should be open everywhere now. Uh, we were out in the, uh, our deer lease is in the High Plains uh, Mallard management zone, so we actually opened last week. Uh, the rest of the state should be opening up this weekend, and let me tell you, lots of birds in the area. There's been an early migration for sure. I think they came down with that cold front last week. Unfortunately, uh, the cold snap ended <laughs> for opening weekend, and it was back in the 80s, which kind of sucked. Um, but lots of ducks and geese, thousands. We, our, uh, our neighbor's lake, they have about a 200-acre lake, and the specks and cacklers roost there by the tens of thousands. Not, not joking. And historically, that whole Knox County area uh, had a lot of peanut production, and so subsequently it's been uh, a migration hotbed for uh, geese and ducks and crane alike. Um, so yeah, they're starting to come in. There'll be more. <laughs> uh, but one of our duck ponds, man, it was covered up with puddle ducks. Uh, we might be hunting that pretty soon too. But uh, anyway, what are we doing today? Well, you know what to do. Pull up that stool a little closer to the old campfire. Pour yourself another cup of that black rifle coffee out of Granddaddy's beat-up old Stanley Thermos because we are ready to rock and roll. And off the top, it's going to be a quick hitter segment, a little reflection from opening weekend, and then snack time. What do you take to the deer blind or the tree stand? And I want some uh, listener feedback and participation on that one because uh, 
we're going to do a cool little uh, poll, and there's going to be uh, ultimately one winner. Uh, and then um, we'll touch on some sad news coming out of, uh, well, from one of my buddies, my hunting buddy, is losing his lease, and for a reason that you would not have seen coming from a mile away. Uh, but I'll read his text uh, and, and that situation coming up here in just a little bit. So, yay, climate change. All right. After that, we'll be joined in studio by bow hunter Jonas Poland, who recently arrowed a booner. I mean, absolute Northeast Texas giant. Uh, and he's going to bring the rack in here. And we're going to hear the tale of the buck that he called No Doubt. And I always like these uh, these bucks where the hunter has a multi-year history with them. Maybe they've seen them. Maybe they've missed them before. Uh, I don't know what Jonas's situation is, but I know he'd seen this deer last year and for one reason or another didn't shoot him. So, yeah, I'm always interested in the backstory of these mega giants, as my friend uh, and big buck slayer himself, uh, Chad Allen Jones calls them, mega giants. Um but yeah, there's history there. We're going to find out about it and how this buck ultimately met his end. Uh, and, you know, I've hunted three, I think about it, three mega giants, what I would call deer that were over 175 and never saw one on the hoof. Nobody on our lease in Clay County ever saw this deer on the hoof. He only existed in photos. And then uh, the one in Oklahoma where... <laughs> We were literally in there hunting when they sold the property. We had no idea they'd even sold it. And they're like, get all your crap off here. And we're like, well, can we just lease it for the rest of the season? And the lady was like, yeah, okay, fine. No no problem. Well, in the meantime, her cousins helped themselves to our trail cameras and saw this buck. And then a week later, she was like, no, 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 just kidding. Y'all get all. I know my, my uh, hillbilly cousin stole your stuff, but go ahead and get the rest of your crap off here because uh, they want to hunt it. So. And then the other one was the place, uh, the 20-acre place in Collin County, which uh, that was just, that was, talk about beating your head in the wall, trying to figure a deer out, but only having 20 acres to do it. But hey, Jonah killed this one on 10 acres. So we'll see how it all played out coming up in just a little bit. Um, okay, let's take a quick break. Oh, actually, how about a little giveaway here? And thanks to everyone. That was, last week was the most uh, folks, we've ever had tried to win the weekly drawing. Of course, it was a pretty sweet pair of Vortex binos. I think they were like six or seven hundred bucks to celebrate episode seven hundred. But anyway, uh, congrats to Brian Honey of Dallas. He was the lucky winner. So uh, thanks for tuning in, Brian. Hope you enjoy the Vortex glass. As far as this week, and with duck season opening up, uh, we're going to give away a case of. Kent Cartridge Fast Steel 2.0. I uh, believe, yep, it is three shot. I'm looking at it right here. A whole case of it. So 10 boxes of the my favorite uh, waterfowl loads out there. Just email the word. Let's do pintail, the regal pintail. Just email pintail to Lone Star Outdoors Show at gmail.com, and you're entered to win the case of Kent Bastille 2.0. All right, let's take that break. We'll be right back on the Lone Star Outdoor Show. We were always on the run. We were bad for one another. But we were good at having fun. 
Chris Letzinger, online sales manager at Cinnamon Creek Ranch here, reminding you we're not your typical archery club. We're a one-of-a-kind archery facility with indoor and outdoor ranges, a full pro shop, and six different 3D courses. Cinnamon Creek was designed by hunters for hunters. Located in Roanoke, Texas, we have over 200 3D targets to hone your archery skills. Call 817-439-8998 or visit us at cinnamoncreekranch.com to visit our new online store. That's cinnamoncreekranch.com. That's for starving boy, won't you put it out your mind? And I swore one day I had to make it mine. Oh, my mama said you'll never be a rich man in heaven now, but neither will you find the guitar playing kind. When you're young, you have your fun, but then you must move on. Cable Smith, welcome everybody back into SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show presented by Mossberg. Uh, this segment of the show brought to you by the NUMA. Pathfinder pant. I've told you guys dozens of times now. The Pathfinder, it's like uh, the MacGyver of hunting pants. Because, yes, you can wear it in the field. You can wear it sitting in the blind. You can wear it hiking up a mountain. Or you can wear it uh, to the bar. It is universal. It's comfy, but yet rugged. It's got room in the crotch. And it's still breathable, so you're not getting that swamp ass that we all hate. Especially on those backcountry hunts. Uh, yes, it is available in three colors, uh, khaki, olive, and gray, and you'll save 20% off your entire NUMA order on all apparel when you use my promo code LONESTAR20 at checkout over at numaoutdoors.com. That's P-N-U-M-A, NUMA with a P. Okay, uh, with that being said, let's get into some quick hits here. Number one, opening weekend was the slowest weekend of deer hunting not just opening weekend. You think, hey, the deer are dumb. They haven't been shot at in a long time. No, this is the slowest weekend of deer hunting that I've ever had in my life. I did not see one deer, not one deer. Uh, a lot of that had to do with the fog. I, I know that there was a lot of fog across Texas. Um, I did have that nice, he's a mainframe eight. Uh, he's got all kinds of extras and then two drop tines coming off the back. Little drop tines are probably only three inches, but Still, uh, mature buck. He was number one on my hit list. And then, uh, this is crazy. On Thursday afternoon, I had an awe dad on camera. And this is 4,000 acres, low fence. Never seen an exotic on camera. And I was like, wow, can you imagine the poor timing for this son of a gun? Just uh, strolling through opening weekend of gun season. So, I had my butt planted in the stand uh, Friday afternoon because he was there at 5.15 Thursday. And, of course, he no-showed. And then my buck no-showed all weekend. And the disheartening thing was is I heard two rifle blasts very close to the fence line. Uh, I hunt on the far west side of the property. Uh, and my buddy and I each were getting pictures of this deer. And it was like, oh, my heart sank when I heard those rifle cracks. And he hasn't been back on camera. And he was pretty regular. Like, if he wasn't there every day, it was every other day. And, uh, yeah, he's MIA. So, that kind of sucks. But, yeah, hopefully if they did shoot him, they made a clean shot. And, I mean, he's a buck worthy of uh, going on the wall for sure. Um, what else? Oh, yeah. So, while I'm, while I'm sitting there in the blind just looking at the fog, I am enjoying copious amounts of my children's Halloween candy. And here's what I want from you guys. I want to do this uh, with a lot of listener involvement uh, taken into account. 
we're going to find out what the best, the all-time number one deer blind snack is. Tree stand, whatever. What do you take into the field for an all-day sit or just a morning or afternoon sit? And no, beer is not an acceptable answer. <laughs> Whether you do that or not, I could care less. I won't lie and say that I've never done that. Uh, but that's not a snack. We're not talking. To, we're not drinking our our dinner here or our snacks. Um, whether it's a little Debbie or like my favorite's probably a Butterfinger, uh, the snack size. Because if you eat eight of them, you still you don't really feel like you ate a whole candy bar, even though you probably ate two. Uh, so yes, the uh, the little the minis. Those are the ones that can get you in trouble. Uh, so I just took a whole bag of minis out the wazoo, and out of sheer boredom. Ate the majority of it. Didn't feel good about myself afterwards, but man, I do love the kids' chocolate. And I'm not a, I don't have a sweet tooth really. I do, if it's there, if you put it in front of me, I'm going to eat it, but I don't ever order it. I don't know if some of y'all are like that. Like, uh, but that's how I roll anyway. So here's what I want you to do email me your favorite Deer Blind snack. And next week, we're going to start like a little, it's going to be like a tournament, and I'll post them. We'll do live votes on Instagram or Facebook, and we're going to determine what the all-time best deer blind snack is. Maybe it's uh, venison jerky from the buck you shot there last year. That's a little ironic. Uh, but yeah, what is your favorite? Just uh, shoot an email over to Lone Star Outdoor Show at gmail.com, or you could uh, just message it to me on Instagram. I check the inbox pretty regularly. Um, then there's one other, actually there's two other things I wanted to mention here. With the first being, so my buddy Daniel Arias, who lives out in West Texas in the uh, Amarillo area, he went to Africa with me this past uh, summer, and he just texted me this week, awesome, I believe it's a, it looks like a 10-point buck that he shot on this property he's been hunting in Brownwood for 23 years. He said, uh bittersweet situation with this deer and where I shot him. I've been hunting this place here in Brownwood for 23 years. However, with Biden's subsidies, he's allowing Chinese-owned solar panel companies to come into Texas and lease land for 35-year contracts from landowners. Little do they know, those damn Democrats and libs, when they make these solar farms, they'll bulldoze and flatten every live oak, every creek, every spring, every deer will be gone, turkey, etc., quail, you name it. They offer the landowners an astronomical price far greater than what the land value actually is, and they only buy land 600 acres and greater. My 1,800-acre childhood hunting spot will soon be a sea of panels feeding the power grid to Austin, Texas. So, yeah, um, I, I want to point this out because all this climate activism, all of this, we've got to go green. Last time I checked, were oil field trucks completely bulldozing and wiping out 1,800-acre properties? Answer that. So, in the name of climate change, we've got to rid ourselves of all of the wildlife, of all of the vegetation on a piece of property. Well, yeah, if you're putting in a solar farm, apparently you do. Uh, because they're going to jam-pack as many solar panels as possible on that piece of property. You know what... Uh, Arkansas Governor Sarah Huckabee did a couple weeks ago. She passed a law saying that uh, they're no longer going to let Chinese companies purchase land in Arkansas. I don't view China as our friend. 
I don't know. Maybe y'all. Joe Biden certainly does. Um, and I would prefer if foreign countries didn't own huge swaths of land in Texas, to be frank with you. Uh, so I don't know. Just uh, something to think about. It sucks for my buddy Daniel. And again, just putting into perspective what climate activism really is. It's like, uh, what do we do with these electric car batteries once we've mined the lithium and cobalt in third world countries on the backs of modern day slave labor? And these batteries, well, after seven years, they're no good. So what do we do with them? Well, they're highly toxic and we haven't quite figured out what to do with them, nor do we have a power grid to support everyone in the country having an electric vehicle. It's unequivocally putting the cart before the horse. And as an environmentalist, right, we need to take care of this earth. We only get one shot at that as humanity. Uh, But certainly the United States is doing a great job. We are the only first world country that has reduced our emissions every year for, I think it's like we're up to two decades now. So it's not all doom and gloom here, but you know, you think about China and India and do you think they're real focused on emissions reductions? No, they're making the solar panels in China, polluting the environment in the process and then shipping them to America. How much sense does that make? Really think about it. It's insanity, and now it's cost my buddy, and and not and and not just Daniel. This is happening to other hunters all over Texas, and so if if that has happened to you, please, 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 I would love to read your email on the air as well, because I don't know what we can do about it other than raise awareness and say this is happening, and let's expose it, because we are destroying wildlife habitat in the name of climate change, which I thought was supposed to like protect the environment. I don't know. doesn't make sense to me. Uh, and again, sorry to, uh, to Daniel because 23 years of history is, uh, and that's a tough pill to swallow. Uh, that segment brought to you by the good folks over at all seasons, feeders and blinds coming up next. Bow hunter Jonas Poland joins us in studio for a big buck tale that you're not going to want to miss right here on the Lone Star Outdoor Show. I spend all my money Caviar and cocaine And I would not remember How you broke my heart Some say a silenced gunshot is the baddest sound out there. At Silencer Central, we have another favorite. It's the sound of silence delivered to your front door. When you buy from Silencer Central, we handle your application, set you up with a free NFA gun trust, and deliver your silencer straight to you. With an average 90-day turnaround time when you use eForms, buying a silencer is simpler than ever. Visit silencercentral.com and we'll help you get started. Send me, send me. little Bruce Robinson bringing us back on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show presented by Mossberg Farms. Thanks for being here. I'm your host, Cable Smith, and we've got a big buck tale to get into momentarily as Jonas Poland is here in studio. 
can hear JoJo snoring. JoJo, can it? Uh, <laughs> probably dreaming about mallards. But uh, anyway, Jonas is here in studio, and he's going to share his pursuit and how he was able to ultimately harvest harvest. We aren't farming. How he was able to kill this deer on October 23rd. But before we do that, uh, this segment brought to you by Big and J Whitetail Attractants. If you haven't used the BB squared, I'm I'm not kidding. I mean, I I got on a new place last year and uh, and have continued to do this this season. But put that stuff out on previously unbaited sites, and w- I'm the night of the deer find it. Uh, everything from does to mature bucks. And as long as that BB squared, as long as you keep putting it out there, you're going to pattern these deer because it's like crack for white-tailed deer. Uh, you can find the BB squared and all of their attractants right there at BigNJ.com. And now, without further ado, joining us in studio, it is my pleasure to welcome Jonas Poland to the show. Yes, absolutely. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Uh, so first of all, tell us, uh, so where are you from? So I am... I grew up in Terrell, Texas, so um, from there I moved to Heath, Rockwall area, uh-huh. and um, from there, you know, I've stayed in the area for the remainder. Of, nice. You know. I've spent a lot of time out towards Terrell. Will's Point shot yeah. a lot of ducks out there. Yeah, a oh. lot of ducks, a lot of pigs. Oh, man. there's it, That's like, uh, it's funny because if you just go that far east, like you get into more ma- uh, mallards than you do here, and certainly you know, yeah. uh, West, but I mean, it's, and wood ducks, so many wood ducks. I was about to say the wood ducks are pretty wild out there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, cool. So did you grow up deer hunting? So I went deer hunting, you know, I started deer hunting when I was probably eight years old and, okay. uh, you know, the first person that took me deer hunting was my uncle. Mm. And so he's the one that got me into the, uh, the, I mean, I would call it an addiction, but, um, he's the one that, you know, got me into that at about eight years old. And then from there we would make trips every year until to the point where I'm at now where I could hunt on my own. And then from even there, it's like, you know, trail to camera pictures and, you know, any kind of advice I needed, I would call my uncle and, you know, he'd help me through that. So probably from, yeah, most of my life. Uh-huh. And when did you start bow hunting? So bow hunting, I actually started in 2020. So not too long. Uh-huh. Um, actually, I'm sorry, 2019. I shot my first year with the bow. Um, and so, you know, it's been an addiction ever since that. And I haven't kicked that niche yet. <laughs> so it's all about the bow hunting for me now. But you're not, you're not uh, like a purist. You'll still break out the rifle. I know you have another lease in Jacksboro. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if I'm in Jacksboro, I would, I'll definitely break out the rifle, shoot some pigs, and I'll shoot a good deer out there. Uh-huh. Um, you know, local though, you know, I'm going to stick with the bow. Yeah. Um, so how many, how many deer have you killed with your bow? Um, let's see. I would say probably around 10 or 15, mm-hmm. you know, counting doe and buck. Yeah. And so, have you shot before this year? Have you shot a nice buck with it? Yeah. So, uh, last year I actually, I shot a 151, nice. uh, and five eights, um, with my bow. That was my biggest bow kill, oh. um, till this year. And, um, you know, from there it was just a lot of doe pig right and stuff like that so well you became the uh the talk of the the north texas bow hunting community really deer hunting community recently uh and we're going to talk a lot about that but and and i've told you and i've documented uh i've documented it on the air many times Uh, you know i have a little bit of experience hunting a small property yeah 20 acres 
in Collin County had a monster deer on there. But right. dude, uh, and, and the, that property was pretty long and narrow. So it, it got to the point where with the neighbor's dogs and uh, like urbanization Ugh. and just how smart the deer are. Like, yeah. I never they saw that deer on the hoof. Yeah. Uh, but I spent more time that one season and I only leased it for one year because it was so expensive. And then you throw in all of that one, one day I'm sitting in the tree stand. I hear this noise. It's foreign to me. I don't know what it is. About five minutes later, a hot air balloon starts to appear right above my stand. <laughs> and the neighbors had fired up a hot air balloon. You know, they have every right to do that. Yeah, you and have no control. They, at that I point. posted it on Instagram and the, one of the, the dude in the hot air balloon was like, I didn't see you in your tree stand. I'm sorry. I didn't even know that's where you hunted, but like put two and two together hunt from a hot air balloon. Yeah. <laughs> I said, well, next time, tell me if you see that big buck. He's like, we'll do. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it, it, it was frustrating. Uh, and you're hunting a place that's even smaller than that, yeah. where you ran into this deer. Yeah. Like 10 acres, very small. But big deer get shot on small places. Right. Robert Taylor shot that buck in Grayson County, which is a top three all-time in Texas. Went in the 240s, uh, or two, yeah, I think 240s. That was probably 10 years ago. And he brought that to your to the studio yeah, and that was a tiny little, little postage stamp of a property relative, you know, to, uh, what, when people think of deer hunting properties, but right. a lot of the urban stuff's very small. Uh, so I'm assuming though, and just with personal experience and knowing how big a, a deer, uh, their home range typically is, I'm assuming there's gotta be some woods around like, yeah, they're yeah. Not, he's not living on the 10 acres. Yeah, no, there's, there's big woods around. And I think, um, I think in this situation where you're, where we're constantly seeing bigger deer, I think you can roll out two things that either the people that are around us are management minded, uh-huh. really management minded and, or two that they don't hunt at all. Yeah. And so they're <laughs> allowing deer, um, that have great genetics to get old. And so I think that's what is presenting these opportunities yeah. on a consistent basis. So, yeah. but at that point, like you're saying, you have 10 acres, 20 acres, even, you know, 30 acres, you don't have control of what the neighbor's going to do. And so you, at that point you just hope like Dude, there's everybody so has much this, luck involved. Yeah. Right? It's, it's to me, it is one in a million. It's like it's, anybody could have shot this deer the past two years uh-huh. and I wouldn't have never had an opportunity. So, yeah. But yeah, I think at that point you're just you're just hoping and praying that it works out in your favor. Yep. In situations where you you don't pay for it, those deals, dude, people want to hunt for free, right? But in 2023, those opportunities are few and far between. Right. So yeah. it's like <laughs> well, you know, one thing that my uncle even taught me too, he's like, you know, a lot of people have these opportunities to shoot big deer, but they don't they don't put in the work to do it. Uh-huh. It's like they don't see the off-season work, the the, the time, the management, what you actually do to have an opportunity to hunt for free. Uh-huh. It's like, it's not really free. Yeah. You're slaving away, <laughs> but it's, it's not, it's a blessing for so. sure. So did you know this deer prior to shooting? Him? So I've had a, you know, last year was the first time I have pictures of him. I would believe in 2021, uh-huh. but in 2022, I knew for a fact, this was a deer that I was going to be after. And so each year, though, I mean, you get three pictures. That's it. Especially so he with, doesn't come to the feeder very no, often. No, if if he went to a feeder, it's fifteen seconds, thirty seconds, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And so, um, which like most older deer, but 
each year two or three pictures. And it would always be, I can look at the dates though and show you that it would be the mid-September, mid-October, and then um, end of October, mm-hmm. like 29th, 28th, 30th, whatever. It was last year, um, you know, it was around that same time. Every picture is consistent. So I, he had a consistent, you know, pattern. And I think, but after, you know, they get into that, that rut phase and they start to change patterns, I would never see him again. But you actually saw him on the hoof one time last year? Yeah, so last year it was end of October. Uh October 29th, I saw him on the hoof. And I had already shot that 151. Because I couldn't pass that deer up at 20 yards broadside. I was like, biggest bow kill. I was like, I'm going to shoot this deer. Uh And this this deer that I call No Doubt, I only had one picture of him. So I was like, man, it's not even a guarantee. So I I shot that deer. I'm like, you know what, I'm going to go shoot some doe. I'm sitting in a pop-up. And then, you know, it's eight o'clock. He walks right onto the field. I'm just sitting there. I'm having to watch him at that point. <laughs> and at that point, though, I was like, there's no doubt that that's a shooter. And I was like, well, that's his name. I was like, I'll eat a tag for next year, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go after that deer. Uh-huh. So, and I did see him on the hoof last year. So you saw him on the hoof, but you have very sporadic and infrequent photos yeah. this year. Yeah. And so you're like, well, I'm going all in on this deer. Yeah. Did you see any other bucks that were like tempting? So I did have, um, you know, several good deer on camera and actually on the hoof I had, I would believe a mid one sixties on camera that, um, he showed it for the first time. I had him dead 45 minutes, you know, a mainframe 10 with split brow tines, just beautiful deer. I believe he's five and a half. Mm. And I just watched him for 45 minutes. Cause I was like, no, I know this deer that I'm after. I want, I, I just, I, that, that same thought. I know this deer, but I know he very rarely comes to the feeder. Yeah, but yeah. that same, literally the same thought went through my head as last year. I said, I could shoot this deer right now, and I'll see this other deer on camera, and I'll regret it. Because mm-hmm. I still didn't have any other pictures of him, but I was like, you know what, I'm going to hold out. So I just decided to pass. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know. The rest was history. So on that 20 acres I had, I had uh, a tree stand on each side for, you know, each respective wind. And then I had a pop-up and I showed you the pictures because we, we spent like an hour just talking about deer hunting before we even started recording. <laughs> yeah. And I showed you the pictures of like that pipeline that the city maintained where I, and I had a pop-up there. Um, do you have more than one setup on the 10 acres? So... Um and I'll kind of explain that when we talk about the hunt too, but I have a bow set up and then, um, you know, if you get lucky to, to hunt a rifle, then yeah, I have a rifle set up as well. Okay. Um, so I have a pop-up, you know, about, you know, 200 yards out where I can see a lot more. Right. Uh, but yeah, I do have two setups. Okay. Well, I mean, you just outed yourself a little bit as far as rock wall. We, we know that's an archery only County. Uh, so you guys can make your own assumptions, but, a county around Rockwall. We'll leave it at that as we're trying to uh, protect Jonas's spot there because we all know how it works. Somebody will come in and try to, you know, give the landowner more money or say, hey, you should let me hunt the property. No, that's not what we're trying to do. I want Jonas to kill a bigger buck there next year. Uh, let's knock out a break. We will come back and hear how the actual hunt went down. Uh, that segment brought to you by the Stealth Cam Deceptor. Here's what I like about 
cellular cameras. You can do fun stuff like last week I took when I went out to the deer lease and I took the kiddos carved uh, jack-o'-lanterns with me. They're going in the trash anyway, but instead uh, tossed them in a wheat field, put up a camera and boom, within 24 hours, they were the pigs feasting on rotting pumpkin. So fun stuff to do like that. And plus the nighttime images, which is what I assumed I would get. Uh, that's why I went with the deceptor, this deceptors, no glow imaging, nighttime quality, absolutely phenomenal. And you can find stealth cams, entire lineup of cameras at stealthcam.com. We'll be right back on the Lone Star Outdoor Show. Hello, country pumpkin. How's the frost out on the pumpkin? I've seen some sides, but man, you're something. Where'd you come from, country pumpkin? Let me tell you about the Armorside 640 contractor. It is the industry-leading thermal technology in a very user-friendly rifle scope. A 640 Armacore 12 Micro made in the USA Thermal Core. It's got a four-hour onboard recording, four-hour runtime on a full charge, USB and Wi-Fi streaming, uh, eight user-selectable reticles and six color palettes, and the most user-friendly interface out there because you're operating these things in the dark. So uh, that's very important. You can find the contractor, the 640, or its little brother, the 320, right there at armorsite.com. Looking for a thermal hog hunt near DFW? Then Three Curl Outfitters has you covered. Offering fully guided thermal hunts just minutes south of Dallas, guide scout daily to put you on the bacon. Using thermal imaging technology to hunt feeders, crop fields, and river bottoms, you get unlimited hogs and no kill fees. Visit www.3curl.com. Also offering corporate hunts and food and lodging available by request. Book at 3curl.com or call 214-455-0940. Take her to places and make her fly higher than she's ever dared to. He'll take his time before taking advantage, taking her. There's little Waylon Jennings bringing us back on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show. Cable Smith here with you. The Taker, the name of that one. Uh, thanks to Mossberg, our presenting sponsor. We're still visiting with Jonas Poland, and we will. Get the details on how he was able to uh, eventually run a broadhead through this North Texas monarch, this absolute hammer of a whitetail buck. But first, this segment is brought to you by SCI, the worldwide leader in big game conservation. Here's the cool thing. Right now, we're running a promo with SCI, and we're going to, uh, two of you guys, essentially, or gals, will join me and my buddy Ryan Warhola down at the uh, Pipkin Ranch, and thanks to Ryan, he donated the hunt. Uh, but you'll join us for two bang-up days of duck hunting. It'll be the last weekend of the season. Hopefully it'll be cold, and we'll have lots of ducks stacked in there. Uh, but, yeah, lodging, food, all of it included. R really incredible prize package, and uh, <laughs> this place is pretty swanky. Uh, we'll have guides, dogs, everything. All you need to do is show up for two days of waterfowl hunting with me down there. And all you need to do, and really you should already be a member of SCI, but if you're not, or if you want to enter the sweepstakes, the drawing by uh, renewing your membership, you can do that as well. Just use the promo code CABLE23. That's CABLE and then the numbers 23, CABLE23. 
when you join or renew your membership over at uh, safariclub.org. So good deal. I look forward to hunting with a couple of y'all in the very near future. Okay, well, moving right along here, uh, let's pick it back up with our in-studio guest, Jonas Poland. And so, uh, Jonas, I believe it it was what had to be pre-rut when you shot the deer, because I think it was uh, late October. It was the 23rd. I could definitely tell that they're pre-rutting, and Uh I think that this week, that that week was like they're starting to turn up more in the Mm pre-rut and making rows, making scrapes, you know, deer are starting to separate. Young bucks are sparring and fighting. Even the week before I shot this deer, though, they're already sparring and stuff. So it's mm-hmm. starting to turn up a little bit. Yeah. Um, my prediction is the rut is going to hit next week. I think they're going to oh, be. Yeah, they're sure. going to be on. But yeah, uh, I've definitely noticed, like, just on my trail cameras, uh, they're starting to like put their heads down. Maybe we're not friends anymore. You know, yeah, like yeah, starting uh, to fight. I know we've bit. been hanging out and drinking beer for. You know, four or five months, but I, I might dominance. want to stab you for some reason. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, did you have any uh, like mock scrapes or anything like that that you? So, had? actually, in the same, um, I'm not going to give too much detail because of location, but mm-hmm. in the same general area where I shot that deer, there was a a mock there was a mock scrape that was made, and then deer started to hit that. Um, you know, obviously showing their dominance, but I would continue to see. Okay, yeah, a little spike would hit it, but then you know, but not the, not that you made. They, no, they no made. yeah, I'm sorry, not that not that so I not made. Not a box that they made. It was just a scrape. Yeah, it was just yeah. a regular scrape. Okay. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, and so he actually hit that scrape, you know, the morning of the hunt too. Okay. And so they're definitely starting to turn on. Yeah. How how hard has you been hunting him? With this deer, I knew the general area where he was coming from. Uh-huh. Um, so I was really having to work the wind right. Um, at that point. And so what I thought a north wind would have been the wind that I needed to hunt, um, you know, which, yeah, I saw that 160 where a north wind was great and both times great wind because I actually saw that deer twice on the hoof. Um, but I figured out quickly that I needed a south wind and what the south wind, because both times I had pictures of them, I noticed it was a south wind that day because mm-hmm. immediately that's what I look for. Right. I'm looking for the wind. Okay, what's pushing him out this way? Important stuff to pay attention to. Yeah, and so yeah. I think what happened was when he would get a heavy south wind like that, it would push him more on the edge of those woods so he could see the field and I could, you know, have a better advantage of him because then at that point he has the wind as advantage for the field, mm-hmm. whatnot. And so I think. At that point, I was hunting him hard previously. But when I found that out, I was like, "No, I'm gonna only hunt a south, like a, a strict south wind." And so I started watching my wind, hmm. and then you know, which Texas majority is gonna be a south wind the most of the time, anyways. Right. But it kind of helped me out a little bit to figure out, okay, no north wind because that's blowing right into the field. Yeah. And out there, you know, there's so many deer that I'm just getting blown out. If I'm hunting north wind or south wind, it's hard where I'm at. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And how much attention to detail did you pay to like scent control? So scent control, I, you know, hunting a small property and then knowing the numbers of deer that I would see every hunt, you, we all have them that lead though that I just, you just want to shoot. Mm-hmm. It's like, so I, I was very, big on scent control and so i'd wash my clothes you know pack it up in a tote i actually wouldn't even change until i got out there uh you know i use 
scent killer, just would spray that. And then I would actually use Evercalm. I'd mm -hmm. rub it on my boots, get up in the tree. So very big on scent control. Mm. So I, that, the only time I've ever really paid close attention to it was when once I got that big deer on yeah. camera that I was bow hunting. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. And then, you know, the next thing I'm spraying dough urine on my boots. And, <laughs> yeah. uh, Everything you can. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, uh -huh. but like rifle hunting i think most people like yeah i mean you know how guys are they'll smoke and dip in the stand and like and then put, the next thing you know there's there they are with the picture with the 160 right yeah but the stand's 200 yards away like, so. how? when i when i don't change until i get there and all this other stuff yeah, so it's yeah. like whatever bow hunting changes the game though for sure yeah. um what about that day what were the conditions like and i think you had told me in our first phone conversation that something told you like you needed to go hunting that day or that yeah, you had like so. a sense of peace or maybe you'd been grinding and like, like you slept in a little later that day or something. Yeah. So, um, from that, uh, you want me to just go into the hunt? Yeah, for yeah. sure. So that morning, uh, actually it was a Sunday. And so my wife's grandma, um, cause I would, I normally just take my son to school in the mornings. And so she was like, Hey, you know, he can spend the night with us. I'll take him to school. I was like, okay, perfect. And I was like, you know what? Um, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to hunt in the morning. My, my wife's like, okay, that's fine. And, uh, for some reason I was like, you know, I'm, I'm going to text my boss too. And so I text my boss. I was like, Hey, I'm after a giant deer. You care if I come in, you know, whatever, 10 o'clock tomorrow, um, 10 30, if anything changes, I'll tell you, he's like, dude, do what you gotta do. He has, you know, I sent him a picture. He's like, yeah, absolutely. Go, <laughs> go hunting. <laughs> yeah. He is very, very cool. Um, and so that morning I had a South wind, perfect wind. And, um, it's five o'clock in the morning and I'm, I'm just getting up, getting ready. And I actually felt a conviction from the Holy Spirit. And I was just like, man, I'm getting, getting up hard working at five o'clock in the morning to go deer hunting, but I haven't even spent time with the Lord. Mm. And so as I, as I got up, uh, I actually decided to say, you know what, I'm just gonna sit and pray for 15, 20 minutes. And just, so I got on my face in my closet, man. And I just started just thanking the Lord. I just said, Lord, you know what? Just thank you for the thing. Anything I could think of. Mm -hmm. Thank you for letting me be able to go deer hunting. Mm -hmm. Just thank you for my job. Thank you for my, my work, my family. Because I think we forget that a lot of like, man, even just to go deer hunting, what a blessing. It's right. like for you to go take, I don't care if you get to go shoot a spike, a doe, whatever. Like it's, it's an awesome opportunity. So I started my morning off like that. Well, as I get there, um, I actually get there pretty early cause it's fairly close. Um, and so it's whatever sun didn't come up until seven twenty, I think at that point. Um, so I'm in the stand about six fifteen, Um, and so I'm thinking of, um, you know, rifle season, honestly, cause I was kind of just disappointed, frustrated. Um, well, and you, this deer is just, so infrequent like yeah it's so your your odds are against you really mm -hmm. and so that morning i was like i brought a new battery for the feeder that's why i was going to get there a little earlier and so i found out that hey my feeder is actually empty so i had enough to spin some corn at like a handful of corn i just tossed it on the ground and um put the new battery in battery's dead so feeder had enough juice to just like a handful of corn mm -hmm. and so at that point i'm just like all right, I'm just going to sit either way. I took off work. Let's, I'll just sit. And so just like usual, I'm starting to see young bucks, um, some younger doe. Um, and then 
these young bucks are just going crazy this whole morning. They start sparring. It's like they just wouldn't stop for like two hours. They're just sparring all morning. Mm -hmm. Then different bucks would come. So I think what was happening is they're starting to draw some more attention. And so they're sparring. They're making their little mock scrapes. Like one-and-a-half-year-old, two-and-a-half-year-old deer making their mock scrapes, rubbing. So at that point, I'm like 8 o'clock. I'm just satisfied, honestly. I was like, this has been a, an amazing hunt. Um, and I'm just happy to, to be there. And, uh, and so about eight twenty, I start to hear, I mean, cause there's a Creek where I'm hunting. Mm -hmm. I'm actually in the water pretty much. And so these deer just, I'm telling you, they're going insane. They're fighting in the water, just causing a bunch of noise. Just, and then all of a sudden I just hear something just destroying a tree. And I'm like, okay, this, this, this drew my attention. Um, Actually, I'm sorry. Let me back up before that, because a lot of times for me, um, and I know probably a lot of other people, but when I'm in a deer stand, like I, I spend a lot of time with the Lord, mm -hmm. and I just, you know, I love the Lord. And well, uh, if you're gonna skip church, yeah, I did. I didn't. The I, best place to be, right? <laughs> I went Monday. Okay. Uh, well, I've skipped church many times, and I will this weekend too. But you know, when I'm in the stand, that's uh, that is like you said, reflection time, and uh, you don't. I don't think you feel closer to God than when you're out in all the stuff he's created for us. And so what it helps me do is it, uh, you know, sitting in the stand that morning, it started to help me reflect on, you know, personal things in my life. And so, um, again, I started thanking the Lord and, and there's a scripture in, in John 14 and, uh, it's basically Jesus talking to his disciples cause he's about to, uh, you know, go to the cross and he says, whatever you ask for in my name, I'll do it. And that scripture came to my mind. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Lord, you know, this sounds like a silly prayer, cause whatever. Yeah, I'm out here deer hunting. I said, but I, I don't want to set this up for a rifle stand. I don't want to have to do this. I don't want to have to do that. So I just pray that you would just help me shoot this deer this morning. In Jesus' name, I was like, I know, I know that you can have it happen. <laughs> Seriously. And then... I Did mean, you ever feel conflicted about asking God for, like... To put to bring this deer out of the woods. I mean, for a sense, I think. Well, because it's a kind of selfish thing to pray for, right? I guess, and then, but in a sense, I feel like the Lord is also like, you know what? Like, this is a desire of my heart. Like, uh -huh. I've worked hard for this, and like we we're talking about, not a lot of people see the work that goes into it, or or the time management, and you know, letting big deer pass. Like, mm -hmm. could have already tagged out twice, um, and waiting. So here it is, about eight o'clock, and. I prayed that. I have never, I've always felt conflicted about asking, and it's mostly on elk hunts. That's when I'm the most frustrated. I'm like, I've never said, God, can you please just put a bull in front of me at 20 yards? But next season, I'm going to. Hey, dude, <laughs> try it out. I'm telling you, the word works, bro. I'm more like, Lord, give me the strength to carry on, right? Yeah, like, help me walk four oh, I'm just miles. Say, like... Just have me walk right in front of me. <laughs> yeah. Hey, try it, man. Um, but here we are. Yeah, I prayed that about eight o'clock, and mm -hmm. then about 820, I'm like hearing this insane, like, I was like, okay, something's making a scrape. Like, I'm just destroying a tree. And I look up and I see a drop time because it was still really thick to where I where I was. I'm about 20 feet up in the air, and I thought it was. I had another drop time deer show up the day before, and so I was like, okay, I, I want to see this deer on the hoof, and see what he looked like next year. And then I see the main beans cross, and I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I was like, it's him. And I'm sure at that point, the adrenaline is just coursing through your veins, as no doubt is within bow range. We're going to take a break, though. <laughs> that is what you call a tease in this line of work. It's like the dream where 
your wife is in lingerie and things are about to get real good and then you wake up and it never happens. But in this case, it will happen and we'll hear about it next. That segment was brought to you by Rustic Reminders Taxidermy and Black Rifle Coffee. We'll be right back on the Lone Star Outdoor Show. Yeah, William, you grew up hard in me. In the market for a compact track loader, check out the Bobcat Advantage, where Bobcat track loaders squared off against other brands in a variety of tests and challenges. Whether you're looking for performance advantages, uptime protection, or quality design, Bobcat compact track loaders are the best built machines in the industry. But don't take our word for it. Watch the videos at BobcatAdvantage.com or see Bobcat machines in person at one of our nine North Texas locations. Visit BobcatOfNorthTexas.com or call 469-586-0000 today. Smith, welcoming you back into SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show presented by Mossberg. And this segment is brought to you by Mossberg and the MC2SC Double Stack 9mm Everyday Carry. It's what I've got on me at all times. And uh, you can find the MC2SC right there at Mossberg.com. All right. Well, Jonas Poland is still here in studio, of course, as things are getting good. This buck that he's seen sporadically on camera, he's a very rare visitor, avoids the feeder for the most part, like a lot of mature bucks. I think that uh, fact is often overlooked. I've had two two of the biggest three bucks I've ever hunted avoided the feeder like the plague. And uh, this deer was smart too, but he screwed up on this day, Jonas. You had just seen him, identified that, yes, that is no doubt standing there right within bow range uh, what happens next well here he is about 20 yards in front of me and he doesn't come in i don't have a shot and he's going to walk in right where i walk in every morning um and i'm like Ugh. i was like he's either gonna hopefully he doesn't pick up my scent trail like all those things start going through my mm. i didn't even think about grabbing my bow i was like i'm gonna watch this deer because he's either gonna come back in or he's gonna go to the neighbor's property and so at that point I'm just watching him. I'm just glassing him the whole time. My heart's pounding. And he, stand, he stops and stops right where I walk in. And I'm like, he's going he's gonna to win me. Mm. Like, he's going to go to the neighbor's property. And um, sure enough, he started to turn in because all these little deer are still fighting. They're just not caring. And I, I don't know. I think that for me, that's what kind of maybe drew him over there as well as these smaller deer fighting. But that once he makes that turn, I'm like, Okay, lock my luminoc. Like all those things start going through your head. And meanwhile, he's on a ten-yard trail in front of me. Mm. So I'm trying to grab my bow, and I grab my bow. And right when he gets past me, because he's gonna walk to my left, I drew back, and just everything's going through your mind, right? It's like good shot. So like, he's he's there. He's walked past you. So at this point, I'm drawing, and he's probably you know ten feet in front of me, or t- ten yards in front of me you know, whatever, off to my left, uh, past me, enough to where he's not going to see me draw. And so I drew quickly, um, and I'm shooting a Matthews into phase four, and I'm at 70 pounds, and I, you know, when I'm practicing, I'm like, 
I'm not a big guy, and so I'm like having to draw it back. Mm. I had so much adrenaline though. I'm just like I just <laughs> pulled it back, and he gets to about 12 yards, and he's still walking away at that point a little bit. But I knew I was like, I'm not gonna sit here and wait for a perfect shot. Like I'm just I'm not. And so I felt like I was on TV. I was like, and he stopped and he quartered to me, like turned back up and looked left at me, and so. It was like time was standing still, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, the only thing that went to my mind was hit a lung, hit that opposite shoulder. And it's like, I, I released it. Sure enough, hit a lung and then went through that opposite shoulder. Um, but here's the deal. He was about five feet from where the water was. And so all that starts to go through your head, right? Okay, I know it was, I know it was a lethal shot, but now I have to find blood. And he just ran through the water, and I can't see where he ran. And find a blood trail, all this other stuff. Oh. And the first person I call every single time is my uncle. Yeah. You know, we have a saying called "Down goes Frazier" because mm-hmm. of, of you know a Frazier fight where oh, yeah. you know he kept getting knocked down, and the the guy announces like "Down goes Frazier." So Pretty every time sure that was Muhammad Ali that was knocking him down. Yeah, it was Muhammad yeah. Ali exactly, and so that was just been our saying. And so every time I call him and say "Down goes Frazier," he knew something was up. Well, this time I called him. And for me, like if I get buck fever, it's like usually a couple minutes after I shoot a deer. Mm-hmm. And so I called him and I'm just like trying to find words. I'm like shaking. And he's like, tell me you shot him. Like, tell me you <laughs> shot him. I said, I said, hopefully down goes Frazier. <laughs> and so, um, you know, he's walking me through a lot. And so he's like, just wait, wait it out. You know, you know, he's dead. You know, he's got a good shot. Just relax, get your nerves. Make your phone calls and be quiet and whatnot. Uh, and so I did that. I uh, waited about 45 minutes to an hour. I get down and I'm like, there's, I don't have a lot. Of, so the thing with this property, I don't have a lot of room to work with. Right. So I, that, that's all going through my mind. Like, I have to find this deer quick. Like, hopefully he's just, he's dead quick. And so I'm like, I'm going to get down. I'm going to walk the left side of this creek because I'm thinking he's going to run back into the woods that way where I think he came from. And uh, at that point, I get down, and I walk all the way to the fence line, and I can't find anything. I can't find tracks, can't find blood. I can't mm. find anything, and I'm just, like, freaking out at that point. Because when I get down, I yeah, I glass in the field quickly. Yeah. Can't find blood, nothing. Get all the way to the fence line, I was like, oh, my gosh. I said, I got to regroup. So I regrouped uh, in my mind, and I was like, I'm going to go back to the place I shot him. And I'm just going to walk on the other side of the creek. And I kid you not, I look up in the field, and he's 60 yards from hmm. where I shot him in the middle of the field. So he ran. He he didn't go anywhere I thought he went. He ran and just died out in the middle of the field closer to my truck. Right. <laughs> so, seriously. And so uh, it actually didn't make a full pass through. And I looked at that point. I was like, man, if I would have just looked in the field, there's a blood trail like crazy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And then I found him. And what kind of broadhead? Uh, so I was actually using the uh, G5 Mega Me. Okay. So and I actually have shot a couple deer with that broadhead this year, and I, it's it, I'm sold on it. Nice. You know, and so everybody's fixed blades, whatever. Yeah, I, I'll shoot. I'll shoot a fixed blade, but now that I've killed a couple deer with that, every single time is devastating. And mm. so you know, I blew through Doe's shoulder out the other side. Like great, great broadhead. Okay. Yeah. So. 
I've never shot anything with mechanical, so yeah, I am not the I, I am not the expert on that. I've yeah. always been fixed blades for me. Yeah, well, that's how it is. You know, some people like fixed blades, and only I've shot and, them at a target. And yeah, didn't didn't like it. So yeah, I like, eh. but I haven't shot the Mega Meat. No yeah. idea. Yeah, I would I would consider it. I think it's mm-hmm. a great broadhead. You know, I've shot Rage tripans. Shot I wouldn't take it on your elk hunt next year. I'll yeah, no, I'm probably not going to do that. There. <laughs> so, but uh, that's. So you, so you walk up on this deer, and, and now I, what's the wave of emotions like? Well, I call my uncle. As soon as I see him in the field, honestly, I call my uncle. I'm like, you're not going to believe this. Like, because I, I, I called him, too. I was like, hey, how, how do you help me, help me in my mind calm down so I can track this deer? He said, well, just walk on either side. And so that's what I did. And so I look up in the field, and uh, I said, dude, you're not even going to believe this. I said, he's 60 yards from where I shot him in the middle of the field. And so I'm like FaceTiming him. Mm. He's like, dude, it's a giant. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, just a wave of motion. I didn't realize that actually on his left side, he had those two other drop tines. Uh-huh. So I didn't see those in the picture or the, um, I knew he had that one drop time, but just seeing the mass on him and how the main beams actually wrapped all so the way is around. So he, he's a mainframe 10, right? So he's a... Yeah, so he's a mainframe one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, mainframe main frame ten, ten point. But last year, he didn't. It looks like you know, and I'm holding the horns. He uh, he grew out. Looks like another main beam. Yeah. Two drops on that side, and then the drop on this side. Right. And then the kicker. Oh and his right brow is I don't know how many inches, but it's. So actually, the right brow I believe it was uh, eight eight mm. inches, almost Man. nine inches. But where he gains all of his length is those main beams. They they literally cross yeah. like in the front, like by yeah. an in, like an it, inch, literally. Least. Yeah, it's that, insane. So they're twenty four inch main beams wow. on both sides, and so, um, yeah, the fact that it crosses like that is just pretty insane. Yeah, and, and the so, mass on him. Oh yeah, he's got great mass. So what did you you've green scored him? So I I yeah I just gross scored him twice. Uh-huh. Um, and so I'm I'm gonna get him officially scored. But, uh, but ballpark, what do you think he went? So ballpark at 196. 196. Twice. Wow. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. Dude. So because the first time I was like, I'm gonna do this again, because mm. I was like, he's I mean he's huge. He he gained his score because of the main beams and the mass and the drop tines. Um, but then I did it again with my processor. And I was like, let's take our time. Let's do this right. And sure enough, 196. Wow. So. Well, what a buck, dude. Yeah. Buck of a lifetime. Yeah. I don't know. It, you'll be hard pressed to do better. Yeah. That's for sure. But you're but, young. So, hey, you know, maybe. It, it's helped me realize, though, it's like, you know, passing good deer and, and it does pay off. So when you first got access to hunt this piece of property, did you know the quality of deer that were there? No. No. No, I, I had no idea. And so. You know, after, um, you know, time on it and seeing trail camera pictures and doing the work, it's like, okay, I'm starting to see that this is going to produce. Mm-hmm. So. Dude, well, congrats, man. That is, Thank is you. an amazing deer. Uh, I'm I'm sure you weren't prepared for, I mean, it's a big deal. Like, did you realize when you shot it? Like, I didn't realize. How many people were going to be interested in the story? Yeah, I, did, I had no idea, honestly. Um because for me, like hunting has been a place for me to get away right. and just like, yeah, like you said, like reflect on your life and just, it's a place where the Lord just speaks to me, man. Uh-huh. And, uh, I never thought of it as a, 
like, holy crap, this is going to blow up, and or oh, you shot a good deer, and how many people be like, where'd you shoot that deer? And it's mm. like, man, like, here's the deal. What I've learned is it's amazing to shoot a big deer. But if the only thing you can go do is, you know, shoot 120 inch deer, like I'm talking about on my jacks, like my my other lease, mm-hmm. if I see 130 inch deer, dude, I'm shooting that deer. I'm just gonna be just as happy, like that I just shot a great deer for that area. Right. And I think at this point, where I've learned is, hey, if you, if you can shoot a spike, shoot a spike. If you're out there, you take time off your work, and you can shoot a doe, you can shoot a spike, and that's what's gonna make you happy and fill your freezer. Shoot a freaking doe and a spike. Hundred percent. Trophy is. Definitely in the eye of a beholder. Yeah, uh, right. But I think, I think one other cool thing is that while you didn't ask for all this attention, you've in the process given a little bit of like testimony. And yeah, like absolutely. Were, and I think God's used you. You know, maybe that was His plan the whole time. Is yeah, why not? I'll put that deer in front of you because I know you are going to mention that uh, in our you know my relationship with you. So. Uh, when you go do these podcasts or when you, someone writes a magazine article or something like that. Cause here's the deal. Like you're actually finishing the rest of that verse. Hmm. So in the Bible, you know, I believe it's, I want to say it's 13, John 14. It says, whatever you ask for, I will do it so that my father will get the glory. Hmm. And it's funny that I asked the Lord that morning to allow this to happen. And I said, you know what, Lord, if whatever, you know, I, you invited me to be on podcast. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go give the glory to the Lord. Mm. All this is, it's like yeah. <laughs> for me to be able to shoot this deer, come Super on. Cool. <laughs> it's, it's wild. It has to be the Lord. So I'm going to use this as a platform to just say, you know, thank you to the Lord. And, and it works. The word works, man. Yeah. You know, like you said, standing on an elk hunt. I mean, you know, it's, I'll send you pictures of my 370 yeah. inch bull next fall. Yeah. Maybe it'll go 400. Yeah. But what it does is it, it really reflects, you know, some of the internal things that have been changing in me. Mm-hmm. And so it's really cool. And so the pictures you actually, you actually took the buck so you could like share it with your family and everything. Yeah. Yeah. So I took the buck from where I shot it. Uh-huh. Um, um, and uh how old are your kiddos uh so i have a six-year-old a three-year-old daughter and my six-year-old was actually at school he was super bummed oh, and then my one-year-old uh son who was on my lab yeah. so that's cool yeah yeah but they they were they were loving it my my one-year-old's like well, this is a big dog and it's like dude this ain't a dog <laughs> well, so so and you know i do this for a living and i'm hunting all the time been lucky to go all over the world my wife looks at these animals and she doesn't know what to like, she's like, Oh, that deer's bigger than the other one, but like what it scores or how important it is or like what a trophy is. You know, <laughs> she could care less. What did your wife think? Dude, I want to tell you this right now. And I'm glad you asked this question because my uncle will say the same you thing. Know what my wife would be like, Damn, just another mountain in the house now. That's what my, she would say. <laughs> my wife said, she, there's two things about my wife. She said, one, I prayed this prayer so you would quit hunting so much. <laughs> She's like, I prayed for you this morning too. Uh-huh. And then two, uh, my uncle will laugh because he can he can um, um, agree with me that my wife she'll she busts my balls, man, on all that. She's like, yeah, I mean it's a good deer. And like last year, I shot a one fifty one, my biggest bow buck. She's like, oh, I thought it was gonna be bigger. I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> and then I shoot this deer. She's like. Yeah, it's it's a good deer. I'm, I'm like, whatever. I was like, you have no idea. And she she knows. She just likes to mess with me though. Uh-huh. So she's like, yeah, it's it's a big deer. I was uh-huh. like, whatever. What do I got to do? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Well, dude, awesome story. Uh, that's that's 
wonderful how it played out and uh thanks for bringing the, the buck and your story to the studio today it's been Absolutely. great Thank getting to visit with you and I uh, I hope that uh, I know you've got another big one on camera. You're already looking at for next year, so yeah, maybe we'll do it again. We'll do it again. Yeah, awesome. Thanks Thank again. You. Thank you. So there he goes, our new friend Jonas Poland, and uh, you can check out photos of that buck uh, on my website or social media. Or I'm sure you could find them anywhere. Uh, the buck has made the rounds. Uh, so thanks to Jonas for the time today, and congrats again on one heck of a buck. That segment of the show was brought to you by Armasite and the 640 Contractor. Change the game in thermal imaging. Absolutely love mine. Uh, pick one up. And don't forget, right now, right now is the time to pick one up before the holidays because right now through the end of 2023, they're offering 10% instant savings on the purchase of the 320 or the 640 Contractor. So if you're looking for a thermal rifle scope, now is your chance. Uh, unfortunately, we are out of time for today. Thanks to Jonas for dropping by. Thanks to all of our sponsors for making the show possible. Thanks to you, the listener, for being a part of SCI's Lone Star Outdoors show. Until next time, I'm Cable Smith saying y'all have a great week in the outdoors. Uh, three rounds in the Kate McCallum.